As we get into the word, I believe that the Lord would undoubtedly laid it upon my heart this morning to speak to us about. It's not like a Christmas message, but embedded in the message is the reason for Christmas, which is John 3.16, that God gave his son for our salvation. And so you go through it with me. It's a continuation from the message I spoke on two weeks ago. So this will be part two. And I trust and hope that it will speak to our hearts. And I do believe that having delivered this message as the Lord would have me, we should all leave here with a spirit of enlightenment in terms of repentance, love, and fellowship drawing us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. The portion of scripture that I would like to share from with us this morning, I'll start off with the prodigal son part two. Last week we had part two, two weeks ago we had part one, this is part two. And it's taken from Luke chapter 15 verses 24 through 32. That's Luke 15, 24 through 32. And I'll read thus. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to make merry. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of his servants and asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, Thy brother is come, and thy father had killed the fatted calf, because he had received him safe and sound. And he was angry and would not go in. Therefore came his father out and encouraged or entreated him. Let us pray. Loving God, you know, Heavenly Father, we thank you. That regardless of our situation in life, regardless of who we are, regardless of what we have done in the past, present, or future, you still love us with an everlasting love. And your arms are open wide to receive us back. So, Father, I ask that you will sanctify your word this morning. Speak to me and speak through me as I speak to each and every one under the sound of my voice. That I will decrease and you will increase. Your word will have total effect and will not return unto you void. But it will accomplish that for which it has been sent. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. You know we almost condemn the actions of the prodigal son. But we never stop to think about the older son. Ever since this story has been told over the years, it's all about the prodigal son, this rebellious kid who took everything he had, went out, lived a riotous life, and end up in the pig pen and eating from what the pig refuses. And over and over we hear this story, but very rare we hear about the older son. And it's sad to realize that what the Lord has revealed to me that there is a lot of older son in the churches today. A lot of older son who is ready to convict and to condemn and to be resentful and to ignore the things of the father. Jesus Christ set the stage in presenting the story of the prodigal son 
in Luke chapter 15. And it wasn't until digging deep and the Holy Spirit revealed to me what the Lord was trying to say, not just to the scribes and the Pharisees and the sinners and all the people that draw near to him to question him and condemn him in verse, in, in verse 1 um, through to 10 of, of Luke 15. They gathered and they said, who is he that come to eat and drink with sinners? They were angry at him. And Jesus turned to them and said, Which one of you would have a hundred sheep and one was missed, gone out into the wilderness? Which one of you would not leave the ninety and nine and go out and look for that one sheep? And he spoke about the man who had those ninety and nine and one was lost. He went out and he found that sheep. Put the sheep on his shoulder, bringing him back home. And when he came home with the sheep, he called his neighbors. And they rejoiced with him that he had found the sheep that was lost. And Jesus continues to say, so it is in the kingdom of God. When one sinner repent, it means a lot to the heart of God. When one sinner repent, God cares about that sinner. But apparently the, the, the Pharisees and the, the scribes, uh, and they, they didn't get what Jesus was trying to say to them. And so he said something more. He said, he told them the story about the woman who had ten pieces of silver. One piece of that silver was lost. And she could not find that silver. And he said... Either what woman have ten pieces of silver, if she lost one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently to find it. And when, he had, when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the piece which I had lost. Likewise I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels of God over one sinner that repented. There is joy in the presence of God over one sinner that repented. We previously looked a couple of weeks ago on the prodigal son, which is a familiar verse where we see a rebellious son who takes in his inheritance and went afar off and live a wild life. And so we all can relate to that sometime or the other. Some of us have learned the lesson and some are still learning. Some of us refuse to learn because we don't care. Some of us become rebellious. Some of us don't want to change. Some of us are not willing to change. And if we get anything else from the message I spoke two weeks ago, or what I'll speak on today, is a glimpse of what Jesus Christ is saying to us, especially most of us here who are believers in the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I've been saved for over 45 years. But it's a process of growth and time. I have blown it many times. As a young Christian go up, I wasn't born saved. And when I got saved, I wasn't free from sin. I wasn't free from sinning. None of us are. But when I blew it, I had to come back to Christ because I know him. I have blown it when folks would tell me that, Lynn, you are doing something that is wrong. It's not a part of your Christian faith. You should not do this or you should not do that. 
Sometimes I listen, sometimes I don't. But as I grow older in Christ and I study his word, I learn his truth. And I know that God never gives up on me. When I return to him, he pick up that broken pieces and he put me back together again. And having put me back together again, I become stronger and stronger. That's why today I can stand before you to declare his word, not a vessel of dishonor, but a vessel of honor to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning. Because that is God who work in me. I can't keep myself. I can't protect myself. I can't deliver myself. I have to humble myself in the presence of Almighty God. Is not the man who falls in the arena, said one president, but is the man who refused to stay down and refused to get up. Is the one who get up, that's the one who will get the victory. We once said if you slide on a banana skin and stay down, you'll forever be down. But when you recognize where you are, you will do everything to get up. And the thing about it, even when we don't have strength to get up, God will lift us up. What an awesome God we serve. He will deliver us. But if we become rebellious, then we are in trouble. The story of this prodigal son, he took everything. He went away rebellious. He ended up in a pig pen. It's sad that a lot of believers or Christians are in the pig pen still today and they won't come to their senses. But how did he come to his senses? He come to his senses because the Spirit of God revealed to him his condition. As believers, when we stray, remember, every believer is sealed with the Holy Spirit of God until the day of redemption. And as a believer, when we end up in sin and doing something that is wrong, the Spirit of God will convict us. And when the Spirit of God convicts us, then we have an option. We have an option to repent. If we don't repent, we'll still be feeding from the garbage in the pig pen. But when we repent and turn to God, acknowledge your wrong, God will forgive us. And not only does God forgive us, but the Bible said God had reconciled us unto himself by Christ Jesus. So he reconciled us together with him as a child of God. And that is a total demonstration of God's love. Especially at this time of the year. To show God's mercy. That's the reason why he came into this world as a babe in Bethlehem. In humility. That he could demonstrate his love. The songwriter said he left his starry crown. He laid his robe aside. And wings of love came down. He wept and he bled and he died. He went on to say what he endured, no tongue can tell. It's all about saving us from death and hell. So it's important for us to recognize Jesus was telling the story about the prodigal son, about the woman of the last with the last coin, and about the, 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 the owner of those hundred sheep. He was talking about himself. He is the father. He is the one who cares for us. And that's why he was trying to say that he wasn't just hanging out with sinners to be a part of sinners. He was teaching them and teaching us a lesson. Well, the older brother, 
we know that the rebellious son motive was selfishness. Just like a lot of people today who are very selfish. It's sad to say we are raised in a society to believe it's all about us. Have it your way. You deserve a break today. You will owe it to yourself. It is easy for us to look at the passage of a rebellious son with no name and, and tell what to him he should do. Oh, you should realize that we, that he is doing, not working or listening to God. He should repent because he knew what he was doing wrong. He should return to God. He should run as fast as he could to the arms of God. And we can find all those criticism. I saw a sign on a car some years ago that said Christians are the only ones that step on their injured Christians are the only ones that step on their injured what are you saying that you know in the church today you find a lot of us with love but when a brother or a sister fall into sin we stigmatize them we walk away from them we condemn them we are like the older brother we don't want that person to come back in the family of God and so we start to, 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 to spread gossip until bearing about them. That was what angered the older brother. In the church, like I said, you have some older brother and older sisters like that. We have to be careful. Because God is saying that when one sinner returns, we must welcome them with rejoicing. None of us has any authority or power to condemn a believer that falls into trouble. Because we are not God. Our responsibility is to love them, forgive them, and pull them back into the family of God. Because we are a part of God. I remember many years ago, in Jamaica, I used to listen to Jimmy Swaggart. Most of you who know him. A mighty preacher, preached a mighty gospel, traveled all over the world. But he fell into sin. But the thing about it, he did not stay there, saints. He repented, he acknowledged his wrong, and he returned to Jesus Christ to welcome him with open arms. But you still have people out there that wouldn't even listen to Jimmy Swagger. They don't want to hear him talk anymore. Now the question I want to ask... Are you going to stop reading the Psalms of David because David was guilty of murder and adultery and other sins? No, he repented. When we, every one of us, the Bible said, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed lest he fall. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 12. Let him that thinketh he standeth. Take heed lest he fall. Our responsibility is to love one another and care for one another. We have a right to encourage, to rebuke, to teach, to instruct. But if we become rebellious, then we're going to end up like Saul. While the father was showing forgiveness and divine mercy, the older brother is showing us attitude of the Pharisees and showing resentment that anyone could come back to the father without whining sibling feelings like they had been cheated. The welcoming father had to deal with the unwelcoming son. The father is filled with compassion. The father runs to greet the wayward son. 
and the father embraces him. When we learn something about another brother or sister in Christ, wherever they are, our responsibility is to pray for them. Seek to restore them. Don't push them aside. Don't stigmatize them. Don't gossip them. You know, I, I, I learned many years ago something about gossip. It goes like this. Gossip is a peeping tom. Peering through the blind. Nosing out the news. Telling who and who is whose. Gossip is a hypocrite. Gossip is a sin. The Bible tells us about that. The Bible tells us about so many things about malice, carry God, bring come, misery. Um, um, the, the, it's written in the book of Proverbs that a, a, a ruler that hearken unto lies, his servants are wicked. We have to be careful about beating up on our brothers and sisters in Christ. We have to be careful about beating up about our neighbors, even our co-workers. Because we like to have itchy ears. We like to hear things and we don't know the facts. And we rather to run with it. And it's, it gives a ripple, ripple effect. You ever stand by the ocean and you toss a coin or a stone in it. And you see those circles keep going out. It spread like a wildfire. This brother. An older brother who you think would know better. They had wealth, they have everything. He could have gone after to look for his, his, his little brother or to encourage him. But it's obvious that they were not close. They did not have a good relationship. Because if they had a good relationship at home, if he was treated well by his brother, he wouldn't go astray. And we have that in the churches today because believers does not treat believers with the love that they speak it's only lip service of love, but not from the heart. We hug each other, we talk about love, but when I get into trouble and when I fall, do you still love me? Do you still care for me? Or you have to go around and tell everybody what Brother Lynn did from what he didn't did and what you didn't know about? Did you pray for me? Did you encourage me? Did you try to strengthen me? The Lord Jesus Christ said, Whoever repent. No, I'm not talking about the rebellious one who refused to repent. Because it's a choice. Everything is a choice. If we recognize that we do something wrong, our responsibility is to acknowledge it. The Bible said, They that sin rebuke before all that others may fear. Our responsibility is to call sin, sin. Call wrong, wrong. Do not compromise. Because if the if the prophet warned them not, they are going to perish. Our responsibility is to live. None of us is perfect. Any one of us can fall. I have seen many mighty women and mighty men of God fall. People condemn them. People call them hypocrite. Well, somebody once said, if you think they are hypocrite in this church, and you want to go another church to another church, then you move to another church, then you become the first hypocrite that will be there. Because you see, everywhere there is problem. But when you're going to run from one place to the other, then the word of God might meet you on the way when it said, um, the wicked flee when no one pursue it. But the righteous is as bold as a lion.
We have to be bold. We have to be strong in the Lord. When we fail, get up, rub off our knee and move forward. The unwelcoming brother was angry. He wasn't willing to greet his, his younger brother. He complains that he was being cheated. No, no, this is so sad. I have seen it many times in my walk in the church with the Lord. We are, you know, young and old. Whether a young girl get pregnant, whether our young guy commit a crime or go to jail, whatever the situation is, people make errors and mistakes. People fail. We are human beings. We are still in the flesh. Only the power of God can save us. And we need to be close to each other because we are a family of God. Jesus prayed in John 17 and asked that he will keep us together as one. We got to be kept as one. We got to love one another. We got to stick to one another. Some will stray, yes. But we can't be a committed and faithful believer when we only come to church on Sundays. Hello? And we don't come back again. Let me say this. Coming to church every Sunday, coming to every Bible study, coming to every function, and giving all the tithes and offering don't make you a Christian. Because sitting in the garage for a whole day will not make you a car. It is something that have to take change inside. And we will fail as we grow. But when we have unity with our brethren in the church, Bible studies, different functions, fellowship, birds of a feather flock together. The word of God said we should not deny or forsake the assembling of ourselves in the manner of some is we got to be as one we got to live as one we got to talk as one this big brother did not take care of his little brother I assume maybe there was some animosity with the little brother that he got to get upset and said you know pops I need what I have for me give me now I need to get out of here we don't know but if we do what is right we will know when a brother or sister is falling and we will be there to lift them up. But some, it's hard to find. Because, you know, people can hide their actions very easily. You know, camouflage, what that is. A facade, they call it. Different things. But the Spirit of God will reveal things to, to, to us and to know. But when we can fellowship, when we can communicate, talk about the love of God, focus about the love of God. Don't be bitter and angry like this brother. It's very funny. As I said before, if we see someone else lose their salvation, which they didn't have. Because once you have salvation, which is a free gift, you can't lose it. The Bible said you are sealed unto the day of redemption. But you can reject God because you still have a choice. You can walk away from that free gift. The older brother refused to go in and celebrate with his young brother. He goes in a fit of rage because of what his father done by welcoming his wayward son. I want you to take a hard look at the older brother, saints. He is selfish. He does not have a heart for others. He was happy as long as everything revolved around him. 
He was happy when he was being recognized by what he did. He was happy until the father did something out of compassion for someone else. Jealousy, anger, bitterness. He had everything. Many Christians today are like the older brother. We like to gossip as I mentioned before. And I talk about some people who are just a attitude in the church to be peeping, taunt, to be carry or bring come. The Bible said in Proverbs 25 and verse 23. He said, as the heart, as the north wind driveth away rain, so does an angry countenance and a backbiting tongue. That's a dangerous situation. We got to love. We heard something bad about a brother or a sister. Pray for them and ask God to give you the wisdom to go to them. If God will permit you to do so. And to seek out and to save those who are lost. We have to have our different attitude. At this time of the year, they are made Christians. Is a, Christmas is a time of peace and harmony and fellowship. There are many brothers and sisters out there who haven't spoken. They are living in malice. In bitterness. Sometimes over some petty things. Wife and husband, family being broken up and destroyed and torn apart. Because of anger and bitterness and the unforgiving spirit. The spirit of rebellion, not knowing that they are rebelling, not against the person who hurt them, but they are rebelling against the God of our salvation. When we rebel and we get angry with someone else, we are damaging our relationship with Jesus Christ. There cannot be continuous fellowship with God. We have to learn to love above all circumstances. We have to learn to forgive even in the worst situation. The Bible said sometimes we got to take wrong to give our brother and sister right. There is no excuse. There is no justification not to forgive anyone. Because if you cannot forgive your brother and their sister who you see. How can you expect God to forgive you who you cannot see? You are making God a liar. We must forgive or perish. One of the greatest stories about forgiveness and, and, and relationship and unity in the Bible is taken from one of the shortest books in the Bible known as Philemon. And, and Ephesus and Paul. When Paul sent back this young slave who had violated his master's will, maybe stole something from him. And Paul sent him back and said, receive him as myself. If he had wronged you and done anything to you, charge it to my account. That is love. That is the power of God's love. If we have his love, we must demonstrate it and show the world that I don't care what you want to say about me. I don't care what you want to do to me. I love you and I forgive you with the love of God. And we must demonstrate it. Because I've often said no human being... In this world, can drag me down so low to make me hate them. Because if they drag me down to their level, I'll be worse than them. Our responsibility is to love unconditional. Because Jesus Christ loved us. He gave us a life that we did not deserve. He gave us promises that we did not deserve. He gave us gifts that we did not earn. We got to see each other through the blood of Jesus Christ. And to know that he is our heavenly father. Who have loved us with an everlasting love. 
Sometimes we got to look in the mirror and, and, and question ourselves. Who am I? Am I loving as God loved me? Am I loving with the love of God? We got to, 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 to keep on repeating my, one of my elders' favorite Psalm 139. Search me, O Lord, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And whatever wicked ways in me, cleanse me and lead me into the path of righteousness. What caused this unforgiving heart? Knowledge. We have to come first to the knowledge of our sin. Ignore sin is very presumptuous. It's an insult in the face of a righteous and holy God. It was hard for me at times to understand why Christians could be so stubborn and rebellious against the word of God. Why would they continue to rebel against the living word of God and fail to obey God when he said love, forgive, repent and change. But then I turn to a passage of scripture, 1 Samuel chapter 15. When Saul disobeyed God and rebelled against him. And God had to draw him up. And God spoke to him in verse 23, 1 Samuel 15 and said, For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou had rejected the word of the Lord, he had rejected thee from being a king. If we reject God's word, he's telling us that he'll reject us. We have to accept his word. And when we, when we fail to accept his word, we recognize that saints of God. We got to repent. We got to change our ways. We got to make the 180 degree turn and go back to him. Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight. I'm no more worthy since this young man to be called thy son, but make me one of thy hired servants. And when you see somebody coming to the church and walking to come to the altar to surrender themselves to Christ, pray for them. Encourage them. Don't leave the church without greeting them. Say something of goodness to them. God has loved us with an everlasting love. This world is hunger for love. This world needs righteousness. And that righteousness is with Jesus Christ because he said, Blessed are ye when who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. It caused me sometime great pain. These are some of the things that as we look forward to this crusade next year, which I believe is going to be a great revival in Marian Oaks community, if we continue to pray. That God is going to draw all those people, especially there are over 20,000 people living in Marian Oaks families. And, 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 and I believe in my heart that God is going to draw in a flood of people to the cross of Jesus Christ. You know, I was saying that the Bible said in the book of Matthew, Jesus said, from the time of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God suffered violence and violence take it by force. But I want to tell you, it's the gospel of Jesus Christ that is going to take Marian Oaks by force if we trust God and if we believe in it. 
But we got to love these people. We got to love them. We got to pray for them. Because we can't do it. Only Jesus Christ can. Because he said only God can draw them to himself. If God didn't want us to do a missionary and a gospel crusade work like this. Then the moment we got saved we would have taken us home. But he said go into all the world. Meaning our neighborhood. And preach the gospel. That people may repent and turn to Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter what your challenges are. It doesn't matter who you are, color, creed, or race. God loves us all. And he wants us to walk in newness of life. Because there is a hell whether we like it or not. There is hell around us. There is hell in the heart. There is hell in the world in which we live. But there is a hell that Jesus Christ spoke of more than anyone else in the scripture. A place where the fire bird diet not and the worm does not quench. Do we want to see all the people we know in Marian Oaks that don't know Jesus Christ? Do we want to see them go to hell and burn in a lake of fire? No. Do we want to see our children, grandchildren, family members who have never accepted the Lord go to, to hell? No. We got to love them with an everlasting love. And we got to purpose that love in our heart, not lip service. Not just a hug. Anybody can hug anybody. We got to do things different from what the world does. Because we are a peculiar people. We are a special people. We are a member of the royal priesthood of God who has called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we must let the beauty of Jesus Christ be seen in us. All his wonders, compassion and purity. We got to demonstrate that. That is what the light of the world means. I may fail yesterday but I have victory tomorrow. Because God has turned my failures into victory. He goes for all of us if we trust him. We must understand. As I said. When we refuse. To welcome those who have come back in the faith. And have a desire to serve God. When we refuse to welcome them back. We are no worse than the prodigal son in the pig pen. Because we are disobeying God. I want to tell you, saints, it was hard for me as I go through this portion of scripture and I spoke to the Lord. That's how I wanted to finish my message last week, but two weeks ago, but it was so lengthy because I wanted to focus on this older brother. His attitude was wrong. His brother come home. His brother. Jesus is saying that when our brothers and sisters fail, it will happen. I read up there over 21 kings that we, we read of in the Old Testament. And every one of them has failed sometime or the other. David was known as a man after God's own heart. Look at all the things that he had done. But God loved him. Because you see, David had a relationship with Jesus Christ. He had a relationship with God. He loved God. They tried to kill him. They tried to stone him. His own son tried to kill him. But God protected him. Even in his wrong ways, in the errors of his ways. Because God loves him. He loves us too. Do we think any of us here is better than David? Or we are so holier than thou that we don't sin? Or we can't do anything that is wrong in thought, in word and deed? Let me tell you something. All of us. Every one of us. Whether you are on line watching us. 
Or you are in this church today. Every one of us. Since we gave our life to Jesus Christ. We have failed him more than once. Whether in thought and in word of deed. You don't have to acknowledge it. But God knows it. Because we are all at time or the other failures. But the greatest thing is when we repent and turn to God. We found forgiveness. We find love. He's a God of compassion. He's a God of mercy. We should not worry about the past. Many of us have sad memories of the past. Whether we hurt someone or someone hurt us. We must forgive. We must love. We must change our attitude and become a better person that God can use us. Because he said, when we learn from someone or some of the error of our ways and we are healed and delivered by God, then it gives us an opportunity to be an example to those who have to go through similar situations. First Corinthians chapter 5, I think. This morning says, I just want to plead with you, plead with all of us, this is a time of the year that demonstrates and reflects on God's love. Christmas season. A time of peace. A time of joy. Reconciliation and fellowship. The key is to have all these relationships and recognize our relationship with God and relation with our brethren. The first thing is to come to our senses. The Holy Spirit by his word is speaking to us every day to come to our senses and to change from whatever way we fail. God or we fail, we are not walking right or we are done something. I don't or nobody have to tell you. A believer knows when they are doing something that is wrong. Because the spirit of God will tell you if you read his Bible and read the word, you will know. So the first step is acknowledging our wrongs. Second is to repent. Change your ways. Third is to seek forgiveness. And having seek forgiveness, the next thing is to be reconciled unto God. The Bible said we should be at peace with each other. Even before we reconcile to God, we must reconcile with each other. The Bible said be ye reconciled one to the other. As God in Christ Jesus has reconciled us unto himself. That is not my word. That's the word of God. And if you fail to obey those words, we are rebelling against God. So we might end up in the situation like Saul. That is the undiluted word of God. I'm not going to compromise it. If I'm going to be true to my calling and true to it as a servant of God, I must say what the Bible teaches. And that's what the word of God said. We cannot rebel against God and think we are rebelling against God. He said, the least you do to one of these, my brethren, you did it unto me. Said the Lord. We have to learn and to change your attitude to show love, compassion, forgiveness, repentance. And then when all that is done, God will take us back into his arms and loved us as he has never loved us before. That is the word of God. So I plead with you. Not to ignore our brothers and sisters because of hurt, whether they may hurt us or however bad the hurt may be. We must always seek to do good to those that harm us instead of revenge. Love our enemies, pray for them that hurt us. Do good to them that despisefully use us. That is the word of God. You know, I really read this post. Sometimes it's the past that causes problems. 
in our lives when we see some people and we remember the hurt that they have caused us and we remember the pain and the anger and we reflect on it and our mind goes back to the past but you see it caused a sense of depression but I've learned that if we live in the past we are going to be depressed if we become anxious it means we are living in the future but if we live in the present we are going to find peace with God that's where we're going to be I, I, I read this portion from um, Jeffrey written by Jeffrey R. Holland he said the past is to be learned from but not to live in we look back to the claims we look back to claim the embers from glowing, glowing experiences but not the ashes and when we have learned what we need to learn and have brought with us the best that we have experienced then we look ahead we remember the faith that faith is always pointed towards the future have faith in God don't bury yourselves in the ashes of the past so often we think about the past yes we can learn from the past and I think of what does it mean about the ashes of the past and the embers embers are little glowing things that has positive experience you know if you light a big fire and it burns down and pure ashes is left but in the midst of that fire there is a little spark that there is light then you want to snatch that light move forward with it and leave the ashes behind don't live in the ashes of the past and in closing I want us to one more time listen listen to the response of the father to the son who was faithful unfaithful and he said unto him son thou art ever with me and all that I have is thine that's Luke 15 verses 31 and 32 it was meet that we should make merry and be glad for this thy brother was dead and is alive again was lost and is found since we have to be careful that we have the right heart and attitude to serving God the father forgave because he had a heart of compassion the son refused to forgive because he was bitter about what he felt was injustice his resentment rendered him just as lost as his father's love as to the younger brother was everything I have is yours he said do you realize the blessing and promises that are contained in the statement of the truth of the older brother saints you are secured in me and you will re be rewarded for your faithfulness my attention is on the ones that are outside of the fold I desire them to find the same love that I have found for you God's love reaches out to sinners no matter why or how they got lost this verse grips us in the right spot when we read it in the Bible of John 3:16. for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him would not perish but have everlasting life service without fellowship will make us bitter and have a heart away from God this is a story of God's amazing grace and mercy and we who have been in the church have to make sure we don't forget what Christ did for us and how patient he was with us we don't have it all together saints 
We are saved by God's grace, just like everyone else. We have all blown it, and we need to have a heart and a church that is ready to open our arms to those who are coming home to the arms of the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, saints, for listening patiently. I'm about to close the service now, but I just want to encourage us. At this time of the year, let us not look at our brothers, our sisters, or those who offend us, but just let, let us take a glimpse in the mirror and look at our own hearts and our own selves. Am I walking the right walk with Jesus Christ? Am I demonstrating love for my brothers and sisters? Am I bitter or angry with anyone? Is the love of God shed abroad in my heart in Christ Jesus? Is it flowing out? You may be here today and you may have a family member who you would love to send a Christmas card or call to wish Merry Christmas, but because of some animosity or some bitterness from the past, you can't communicate with them. But that choice is yours to do the communication. If you try and fail, to God be the glory, you have done your part. But we just have to keep praying. Keep praying for love. Keep praying for forgiveness. Keep praying for commitment. You may be here and you have a concern, an attitude of depression, a moment of sadness going through this Christmas. Things may not be looking well for you for the Christmas. You may not even be able to buy the usual Christmas gift that you used to buy to give to friends or relatives or neighbors. You may not be able to visit those who you'd like to visit. You may not be able to cook that excellent meal that you would like to cook and offer. But let me tell you something. Does Jesus cares? Oh yes, he cares. He cares for you. He loves you with great compassion and mercy. And he wants you to know that. And this morning he can make that real in your life and in your mind. He can help your unbelief. He can change your thought process to love. He can change your thought process to be a repentant believer. He can change your thought process to be a giving brother or sister in Christ. Only he can. None of us here can do it. But Jesus Christ can. And I want to tell you that Jesus Christ is in this house today. And he's saying, come unto me, all ye that are labor and heavy laden. And I will give you rest. Feel free to come. The altar is now open. You can come and walk up here for prayer. The elders will be here to pray with you. And um, uh, I'm going to be handing over the mic to um, our pastor Nate who will be closing the service. And if there's anything on your heart, if there's someone that is sick, someone who you would like to pray for, someone who you'd like to represent at the throne of grace, come forward boldly to the throne of grace. And make your request known unto God. Because he's here to forgive, to pardon, to sanctify, to change. That you can rejoice in the Lord. Saints of God, I love you. And God loves you too. And I pray that God will give you the greatest peace and contentment in your life for the rest of this year and the years to come. Because in him there is hope. In him there is life. In him there is joy. Thank you, Pastor Nate.
this morning as we close our service. Father God, we ask that to be our prayer, our heart's desire. We ask that to be the focus that we want to give everything to you this morning. We want to hold nothing back but give it all to you, Father God. So I pray that this word that was given out this morning from you, Father, that it will not fall on deaf ears, Lord, but it will go out to your people that will be applied to their life. Father God, I ask that anything that may be holding us back, Lord, we pray that the chains will be broken in the name of Jesus. That the restrictions will be broken in the name of Jesus, Father God. Any sin, depression, sickness, Lord, that's holding us back from giving our all to you, Father God. We relinquish it in the name of Jesus. And we say that you have your way this morning. We have a way in our lives. Have your way in our lives this morning, Jesus. We pray that as we leave here, but not your presence, Lord, that you would go before us, you would be around us, in front of us, behind us, Lord, and protect us and keep us, Lord. May your grace and mercies be upon us and be new to us every morning. We ask all these things, and in Jesus' name, we all say amen and amen. We pray you go in peace this morning. May God bless you and bless you. Amen. Amen.